What do we do? We get ready. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. Gentlemen, what are you prepared to do? never be beaten for we are the avengers sorry i read that awfully but um you read that loud real good man no i read that awfully but look (laughs) it's like i sounded like the kid in class and he's like uh the the look the text is super small yeah, I'm not fucking retarded. I can read. Yeah. Um, it's just more that he's old. But <laughs> Bad eyes. <laughs> Can't see shit. Look, I, I'm not that fucking old, but uh, may, maybe that's the issue here. Um, but but anyway, the, the point of me even reading all that shit was to let you know that that's how quickly this shit went down in the comics. And if you've seen the movie, you know it looks and sounds nothing like that. Um, I, I will say that I'm glad they didn't try to adapt it too much like the comics. I'm glad they make all the changes they need to necessary to make a good movie. Because if they tried to do everything literally like a comic book, the shit would be trash. Yeah. Be garbage. Also, uh, just for Ant-Man and the Wasp, they were supposed to be in the original Avengers. But just would have been too many characters. And so you just couldn't have that moment. Oh, the movie. Yeah. yeah so you got Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, they kind of just switched some things around, but I think that worked out well since oh, yeah. they introduced Black Widow when they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was so interesting how in the movie, like, nothing was working right. Like, uh, Agent Coulson literally had to die and aliens had to start invading Earth before they were like, oh, maybe we should, like, help each other out and, and do this together. Because mm-hmm. uh, before that, they were at each other's throats and it didn't look like it was going to work. And that's kind of the, you know, that's that's filmmaking. you got to, like move the plot along and create some kind of a conflict within characters like i get it made it fun to watch but it was just funny how they had to stray so far away from how it went down in the comics yeah well what i was reading was um for joss whedon like the reason that he decided to do the movie and he said this is like this needs to be done is because you he he realized that like all these alpha characters like they would not get along and he wanted to explore more of that story Mm -hmm. Like, what do they look like whenever they come together? Like, it's not going to be just like, oh, we're going to join up and be like a super happy, fun. <laughs> we'll be unbeatable. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, just like some real corny, like old 1960s it, comic book shit. Like, they like came together. And so he wanted to give it the feel of like kind of like an old school war movie where you had, you know, just an hour and 20 minutes of them trying to figure it out to get together. And then you've got, you know, a 20, 30 minute kind of fight scene at the end of them kind of making it work. Really out. showing how, what they can do together. Yeah. yeah. Um, also a few more just kind of little facts to throw out there as far as like the history of the Avengers. There's a lot. I mean, I'm not going to get into all of that. We can kind of spread it out because there are other Avengers movies, obviously. But, uh, like I said, the first issue was September of 1963, uh, which only included Hulk, Iron Man, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Thor, and the villain of that issue was Loki, uh, as is in the movie. So they, you know, they kind of stick with certain things. Um, Cap actually doesn't join until issue number four. So he wasn't part of the original 
Avengers, or at least in the comics. I don't know what that means. Like, how often are issues released? Like, is it number monthly. four? Monthly. It's like, okay, it's like four months down the road. Yeah, monthly at this point. Captain mm-hmm. America. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're out monthly. Um, But the, the crazy thing is, by number two, the very second issue after this one that I just read the little piece from... Uh, Ant-Man is now Giant-Man because he's kind of just reversing his power and deciding he'd rather be a giant, which we see like a little bit of that, um, kind of hinted at in Civil War and I think again in the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, preview. Uh, and so, oh, and the Hulk just leaves in episode, he's not part of it in episode, or issue number two, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, he's just... You know, Hulk's got shit to do. He's, like, exploring the universe. He's jumping across the world. He doesn't have time to just be sitting around waiting until they say Avengers assemble. He doesn't have time for that shit. Yeah. Uh, he's, or, and he's being hunted down pretty much all the time as well. So, he can't just be chilling up in Avengers Mansion or wherever. Um, Hawkeye doesn't appear until issue number 16, which is, like, what, like, a year, almost a year and a half later. Uh, he was an ex-criminal who, so he's really a villain to begin with. And then he just kind of turned over a new leaf and they decided, Hey, we trust you to save the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch also joined in that same issue, uh, of issue number 16 with Hawkeye. So it was kind of like a complete overhaul with that issue because they like all of a sudden just all these villains just popping up and they were part of the Avengers and, uh, so they really wanted to explore, I guess, like, we want to take these powers from villains and see what they'll do, like, if they use them against somebody else. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like, they were willing to, to play with that a little bit back then. It and, was like some Suicide Squad shit, but not dumb. Yeah. Like, it was, well, I don't, I didn't read those comics, but the way they portrayed some of this stuff in the movies, it worked for me, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, and oh, and then we, we also see, uh, and we'll talk about that in that review, we see Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, hinted at at least and then they're in avengers age of ultron as well as uh civil war civil war all right okay yep. civil war that's right i'm really rusty on that jordan had to like school me earlier because i like completely forgot i thought they were only in the teaser so uh yeah that's just like a little bit of history not a lot but just to get you an idea of like how long the avengers has even been a thing and some of the changes it's went through over the course like almost every marvel hero has at some point dabbled a little bit in the avengers yeah what i found too is the only reason that they really started was um it was going to be the first issue of daredevil was going to come out in like 62 or 63 and uh, they found out they were going to be late and so they needed to release something so stanley had the idea of like well what if we just took all the characters that we already Uh, have yeah fuck some new shit yeah and just just... kind of put them together real quick and it ended up being like kind of a staple in comic books going forward it's like team-ups mashups Avengers, and then over in DC, you got Justice League, obviously. I think the first X-Men comic came out really, really shortly after that. The first X-Men comic came out in the 60s? I think so. I think they said, like, I know it started doing, like, it it came out pretty, pretty recently, like, after that. Like, the Avengers, like, hit, did really well. They were like, oh, shit. Okay, let's, let's, like, get groups of heroes together. And that's a fun dynamic to play with. Like, let's put powerful people together, and then they can kind of feed off each other and it just it made it a lot of fun for fans and all these super nerds that already like these heroes Mm -hmm. that probably already theorized like well what would it be like if this guy was to fight with this guy alongside Mm -hmm. him things like that and then it also opens up the door for even more powerful villains Mm -hmm. because you got to kind of set the bar higher when you have four superheroes helping each other out or more right uh so that just made it more like just more epic battles and you had like thanos and uh, a few others that were just like taking over whole fucking galaxies mm-hmm. in 
Uh, it just, like I said, it, the stakes got higher once all these heroes teamed up, which is also a thing they play within the movies a little bit. Yeah, I can't. Did you see anything like on villains? Because I saw something like on Thor's villains, like whenever he was just like first coming out and just starting to do Thor shit, it was like he was fighting like the Stone Men of Saturn or like some dumb like that. Like they had like I didn't these, look like, up the villains much. No, yeah, I just looked up but, kind of the history of them being put together. They had I, some corny ones. I think that's a good point. Yeah, that they were able to be like okay, and then like the whole thing just kind of elevated itself because you were able to get some better villains. Yeah, then you could. Have, you had motherfuckers like eating up worlds and shit like you know yeah. really taking over it wasn't just little minions and corny motherfuckers uh but yeah so that's just the history of the comic books leading up to the movie and so now you can kind of make some of the connections with the things you see in the movie um one of the main things that i noticed about the movie was how quickly they're able to move the story along because they already had all these origin stories put in place um, I just think that made the movie so much more watchable because we didn't have to, like, other than kind of reintroducing the Hulk, they kind of did it well where it felt seamless, but slightly rushed, but at the same time, Mark, Mark Ruffalo comes in there and does his thing and makes it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they made sure they got that knocked out early in the movie. So it didn't feel too random somewhere in the middle. And so they kind of reintroduced him. And so for those that didn't watch the incredible Hulk, they kind of feel like they already have a little bit of a background with this guy, even through like two or three scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way that you don't get, um, that's why you don't get Ant-Man. You don't get the wash just because the whole thing is they didn't want to introduce mm-hmm. a, a lot of new characters. I think they were already kind of introducing a few and Mark Ruffalo coming in, um, with Edward Norton, not playing it. Um, Joss Whedon actually, he Mark Ruffalo was his first choice, and I think it was also Marvel's first choice. And there's a story he tells where uh, Joss Whedon comes to like the the executives at Marvel, and he says, you know, I think I've already got somebody like in mind. I think he's going to be perfect, and they're like, I just like I don't know, like I don't know if we can take him, like if it's not Mark Ruffalo, like that's already what we're looking at. And he's like, no fucking way. And so they really liked him in Shutter Island and how he portrayed it, and they also wanted somebody that could. They really, really wanted to stray away from the Edward Norton, like, moody, dark, mm-hmm. just damp Hulk. And, like, <laughs> Bruce Banner's supposed to be, like, witty. He's supposed to be funny. He's supposed to be, like, philanthropic, going around helping people. Like, that's really what they wanted from that Bruce Banner role. And Mark Ruffalo killed it. And what's cool is Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton are actually friends. Um, I think Mark Ruffalo described it as, like... Which may be an exaggeration, but like his generation's Hamlet, he was like he bequeathed the role to me, and like I felt like really yeah. honored that like Edward Norton kind of like gave me his blessing to like take this role. So there's not a whole lot of bullshit there. Like Mark Ruffalo just came in and crushed it, and they made the Hulk a more lighthearted character. And it was the also the first time that like the Hulk wasn't completely like CGI'd. It was that. Um, Damn, where they got the called? human face behind it, kind of like what they do with Planet of the Apes. Yeah, like exactly like what they yeah. do with that. And it was like based off like a bodybuilder and then like the face of Mark Ruffalo. Okay, and then you just enhance the parts you need to. Yeah. But yeah, it's not just purely made from a computer. Yeah, yeah that's and a good so point. The whole kind of more kind of uh, more of a human element to it. And then especially with Mark, what Mark Ruffalo brought to the character, a more human element to it. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. And so... Yeah, no Ant-Man, no Wasp, so no kind of corny introduction. And they've already introduced um, Scarlett Johansson's character. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Gonna do Black Hawk- Widow. Yeah. Was Hawkeye ever... In- I think this was his first movie he popped up in. No, or Hawkeye- like had a legit role. Hawkeye was in Thor for a little bit, but you at least... Kind oh, of that's right. He, yeah, that's right. That's right. You knew he was a spy. You knew he worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. 
he actually it was had, enough to, he, to give you an idea who he was they wanted to give him a whole backstory they were just like we can't fit it in there his backstory was going to be something like he was working for them and then like he ran off and like joined a circus or some shit and like they can like convinced him to like go evil oh, okay. or something so whenever they were filming they had the rest of the crew and cast had no idea that he had like been cursed or possessed or whatever mm-hmm. they thought it was going along with the original storyline that he was just like somebody normally doing this but apparently he was a like, bad dude yeah. with the cgi they like fucked up his eyes or something like that mm-hmm. so then they were like oh we can give him kind of like a cursed thing yeah and then the rest of the crew didn't know about it until they watched the movie oh yeah that's interesting that's a do they do you think they did it on purpose so that way uh, the way the characters would play off each other would feel a little more organic or something or no it's just they they were a whole his whole backstory got cut Oh. And they kind of went went back in and like refilmed okay. like a bunch of that stuff. I see, I see. Okay, yeah, because um, with him they did like the real subtle stuff where they, like they you know that he's got the relationship with Black Widow and they've known each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just assume that they really care about each other based off kind of their actions, which I like. They didn't try to explain too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean there wasn't a lot going on with him, but he wasn't a bad character, and he definitely had some really cool moments in the movie. Uh, so with that being said, talking about like origin stories and things of that nature and how they didn't really have to worry about that too much or really at all at this point, um, do you think this movie could have been anywhere as good as it was or as well received as it was if they tried to just do a standalone movie with the exact same cast, but if there was nothing else, like if they just got the exact same cast together, it was like, hey, we're going to do Avengers and just made a movie, but there was no previous five films before it. Uh, no, I don't think you'd care. I think that was I thought that was a nice point made by like Joss Whedon of um, the the main thing in this was that they weren't going to get along, and you could really tell like from watching like from the Thor movie like as you know for Thor one at least like they really bring out his personality. They do a great job of bringing out everybody's personality in each of the movies and then it's easy to see like it's very believable and you can move into it quickly of like why they would clash and so like Mm -hmm. them having to figure it out like there's already like enough initial conflict like right there and then like the conflict between like thor and loki like you're already you already have so much of like you're already immersed in the world yeah yeah then if they were spending the whole time having to like try to reintroduce he'd be like why the fuck did you do that and it's you know you're gonna have to ask questions like all like all the time about it and i think that's why Justice League doesn't, I mean, it... They did kind of the opposite. They kind of threw, they yeah. had a little bit, they, they kind of halfway did it. They, but they threw in, the, they still had to do some origin stories in there yeah. uh, with uh, Aquaman and Cyborg. And it's like, I don't, I don't care enough about these guys to really care about when they're in danger later in the movie or yeah. when they have, or I don't care about the relationships. It didn't work. And that's probably what it would have felt like had the Avengers just taken that route and just kind of threw it together. Yeah, I feel bad for just picking on DC and just because I just feel like they get bullied all the time. But I mean, like, it just deserves it. And it also kind of tells you, like, man, this is what Marvel, like, could have looked like if they would have fucked it all up. Like, if they would have, like, tried to jump into this approach. Like, now we can actually see, you know, all of that. We can see kind of this hindsight 2020 moment of... Uh, you know the Marvel approach actually worked really well here's the reasons it worked really well because here's what the DC universe is lacking yeah exactly it gives like a good example something to compare and contrast so with that being said talking about DC uh, in how, how do you think that this Avenger this MCU leading up to the Avengers and everything coming after it how do you think that's in, impacted like just the movie industry in general when it comes especially when it comes to like blockbuster films 
What do you mean? Do you mean like how they like make think movies? It, or? Yeah, do you think movie making is kind of being shifted into a direction that involves more world building than before? And do you think this is the reason that, because of that? Because if you look like the Stephen King and the Dark Universe stuff, they're trying to really build that up and make connections. It's a little more loose, but they're trying to do that. Obviously, with uh, they're doing it with Star Wars now. They decided they're going to take Star Wars and just completely build that whole universe instead of just the Skywalker saga or trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and as well as, obviously, DC, who's just really failing at it, but they're, they're kind of following a very similar model, just not nearly as well and going in as much depth. I think it shifted from the focusing on like the actor and even maybe a little bit of the story to really focusing on like your your golden pony is the intellectual property. Mm, the lore so, of it all. Yeah, so Thor, like Chris Hemsworth, they could have had you know fifteen actors do it, but like Thor is your big thing that you're really circling around, or the intellectual property of like Star Wars and the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe, and really, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, building that world up and creating that universe and we can kind of plug whatever puzzle pieces we want in there yeah. but the intellectual property is really what's going to drive the uh, studio's decisions and everything like mm-hmm. that and I, that's interesting because it used to kind of be like oh well just get an a-list actor mm-hmm. he's a superhero and we'll make a movie mm-hmm. and now like you still have to get like a good cast obviously and these guys if they weren't a-list before starting their careers with this mcu stuff they definitely have become Kind of like A-list guys uh, leading up, like afterwards. But look at yeah, the success it, of Wonder Woman. I mean, mm-hmm. Gal Gadot is not you know an A-list actor coming in. I guess that's the something that they have done different from Marvel a little yeah. bit. Is they've really uh, taken it and you know with Wonder Woman it just crushed. And you could really believe that Gal Gadot is someone that maybe you've seen in some of the Fast and Furious movies, but like for the most part, definitely like, not A-list. Yeah, definitely not A-list point. or like super well recognized. But like she went in and really like you believe like that was Wonder Woman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so getting back to the movie, like specifically, uh, we got four different scenes here. You could always add a different one, but I'm just gonna go over these. And if the, one of these is your favorite, then so be it. We can talk about why. But I, the four I picked was uh, the scene where the Avengers were just going at it. They were going at each other's throats. They were, or the soon-to-be Avengers were going at each other's throats. They were accusing everybody of lying about something. Thor's calling everybody petty, puny humans and laughing at him because mm-hmm. he's a god and he just thinks it's ridiculous what they're arguing about. Uh, like, there was some quotes in there that, like, kind of stung. Like, uh, Captain America, especially him and uh, him and Tony Stark going at it. When he tells him, like, I, you might not be a villain, but you need to start pretending to be a hero. I was mm-hmm. like, ouch. And then, uh, th- no, nah, but then Tony Stark comes right back at him and says, everything special about you came out of a bottle. I was like, damn, that, that hurts. Uh, he could still break you in half without <laughs> without a suit, but yeah. that, that shit hurts. I know it, I know it hurt him a little bit to hear him that, say that. Uh, so I just thought that whole scene was real fun and interesting, and it did a good job of kind of playing into what the theme of the movie is, is just about like bringing all these different powerful beings together and putting their shit aside for a greater good. I thought it was a real necessary scene, and it could have been really corny. But like it was it one of those like essential scenes. Like They have to show, you're right, for like the theme of the movie, just like... We don't get along. We don't really like each other. We need, like, you just kind of, like, that plot point is pivotable and, like, needs to be there. It has to be in that it movie. That movie's totally different. So there's that's one option for a favorite scene. Uh, this one, which I think might be mine, is when Captain Iron Man first team up when they're fighting Loki. 
Uh, and then right after that, after once they capture Loki, then Thor shows up, and all three of them are just like, "Yo, who the fuck are you?" And they're trying to figure shit out, and they're kind of whooping each other's ass at the same time. I just thought that all of them finally, because you hadn't seen them on all on screen yet, and finally it was starting to come together. You're like, "Oh shit!" There's like, there's one, there's two. Now Thor is in the picture, and it was like really, you see the Avengers coming together in like the earliest stages in in that sequence, and I thought that was just, it, I got excited watching it, even though I knew it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so I thought that was a great scene. It's probably my favorite. Another really good one uh, was when Coulson was killed by Loki. It was just like such a climactic moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact how they tried to play that off as like that's the motivation, like that last straw to make it personal for them to become the Avengers. I don't know if that was necessary because I'm pretty sure when they saw an alien invasion happening, they would have teamed up to, to stop it. Mm-hmm. But it did just kind of add that, uh, what is it, ethos, pathos... It, 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 it gave you yeah. that emotional connection and you're like, damn, like I know these guys are pretty fucked up about that. Uh, that almost got them an R rating. Yeah, that was kind of a like brutal because it stabbed right through him. Well, the original scene was it goes, you see it like go through his chest and yeah. it's just it like, ah, burst out of his chest like an alien where the little baby comes out. But then it's <laughs> like, they, I think they pan away from the camera real quick and you just hear like a gross sound and then Coulson's just like kind of on the ground. But it's supposed to just straight up like... Yeah, they had to Disney-fy it a little bit probably. But yeah, it was, it was one of the more gruesome scenes at least because this movie with all the action violence isn't a very... It, it's not bloody or gory by any means. There's no. like really never any blood in the movie at all. So that was one of the more violent scenes for sure. And I think they wanted to, they needed it to be really climactic. So they kind of took it there for the first time and really used all of that PG 13 juice they had. Um, and then finally, which I think while in theaters, this was probably when I saw this movie in theaters, was the most fun I had watching the movie was when Hulk was just slamming the shit out of Loki after Loki just gave his little scary villain monologue. And Hulk's like, bitch, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like puny god or whatever like that shit in the movie theater people were just like hooting and hollering and clapping their hands and laughing um and i think that was a great scene but out of those four there's so many to choose from but out of those four i've kind of already said it i would have to say that all three of them kind of meeting each other that sequence of him of cap fighting loki and captain america i mean then uh, iron man coming in and then thor coming in to save his brother and talk to him and all the meeting i think that was just like a really fun well, maybe 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think my two favorite, it was the, uh, I guess it could be like the world getting introduced to the Avengers. So like alien invasion, like everything's getting attacked. People are freaking out, running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you know, of course, um, kind of where Mark Ruffalo turns around and they're just like, you know, now would be a really great time to get angry. And he's like, that's my secret. Yes. That angry. was one I thought. I was uh, like, damn, I wish I put it on the list. Sucker punches it. And then just um, Captain America, whenever he like, he goes to the police and he's like, you know, get people underground here, get people on this building. Like he starts calling the shots and shit. And mm-hmm. the the um, the NYPD is just like, why should I listen to you? And then he just starts whipping ass. He kills like, like every- three aliens. Yeah. And he's like, okay, gives the exact yeah. orders. <laughs> he turns Damn. Around, great. Yeah, you pick some good ones. Okay, I, I'd have to say both of those are probably as good or better than all the ones I named for sure. But um, yeah, that that just shows that this movie had like a lot of moments. They didn't really have any scenes where it was just completely, you know, I was completely out of it. Um, it never felt slow. Yeah, not at all. Even like when they were try- starting the movie out and kind of showing you where everybody's at, and you got like Black Widow, and they're showing she's on her mission. Like that was a really fun scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene where she goes and talks to Bruce Banner that was really intense because like you could feel that they they play it up with the dialogue real subtle. Like oh, when he refers to the Hulk like as the other guy and things mm-hmm. like that, and he's like, "You don't want to do this." Yeah, and you could tell that she's scared, but she's trying to demask it. But even she even she kind of breaks character mm-hmm. when he yells because she knows like this is probably something 
some of the most dangerous shit I've been next to. Yeah. Uh, and so they really, they did a good job of that. I thought by showing her reaction to him raising his voice mm-hmm. and her whipping out the gun like that and breaking character and mm-hmm. tears in her eyes, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like she's scared to death right now. And yeah. so that really played off how much they had already knew about the hope going into mm-hmm. this or thought they knew. And so I, I thought that was just like another a good scene to just show that normally that part would be slow, but I was really into it. What's up, guys? I uh, just wanted to take a quick break from the conversation to share a little information I found out about the Hulk or the actor that plays him, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, he seems like kind of a boring dude, to be honest. I'm just not trying to be rude. He just uh, he's never really stood out to me when I think of like big name actors, A list type actors. But he's actually got a really cool, inspiring story uh it's really sad but the fact that he's gotten to where he's at now is what makes it so inspiring and he just seems like a really good dude so it makes it that much cooler to see him where he's at now after what he went through but i'll take you through a little timeline that uh of his career and his life after finishing school uh to act so like in the early mid 90s i'm not going to go over all the titles because they're really irrelevant uh but in like early mid 90s is real early stuff uh, he was in some really trash movies, As, and that's not no fault of his. Just a lot of people don't get those big breaks. He really had to kind of grind and and pay his dues and just get work wherever he could find it. And so he was in movies from everything from like a homicidal dentist slasher film to like a haunted mirror that releases spirits or some shit, and like a movie about like incest. Uh, called A Gift from Heaven, 1994. You can look these up. Uh, some weird shit. I don't know. And finally, he gets, I guess you could say, kind of like his big break, I think in 2000. Uh, let me look up the title real quick. Uh, you Can Count on Me. He he gets that role. Um, that's kind of like one of his first big moves, at getting into like real Hollywood industry movies, not just like these little weird uh side films and b films and shit like that the kind of weird shit you see at Redbox just sitting there uh, so that happens but then in 2001 uh like summer 2001 he's diagnosed with cancer uh they find or they find a tumor it's benign and it has to be removed but the surgery is super dangerous so you know he was he was pretty worried about it i think what i read was there was like an 80 percent chance that he could lose his hearing and a 20 percent chance that he would have paralysis like, it's some pretty serious shit. And so he, uh, of course, goes forth with the surgery uh, because, you know, he, he has to try to salvage his career or do something. You know, you don't want to, you can't just have that fucking, it's like the size of a golf ball, apparently. So you can't just have that in there. So he gets that shit taken out. And his hearing's fine, obviously, but he did deal with some paralysis in his face for a little less than a year. So he was really torn up about that. And then finally, when he saw that progress, that was like a big turning point in his life and he slowly but surely got back to where he uh where he is today where you know his facial functions look pretty normal and uh then after he recovers he starts getting some pretty big roles in some movies you've probably heard of or seen or may love uh like 13 going on 30 collateral with tom cruise and jamie fox uh Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I have not seen that, but I've heard amazing things about it. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. And Zodiac, that's a great movie. And those are just kind of the highlights. He was in, I mean, he's been in a lot of movies. And he had a really nice run going through a lot of the early and mid-2000s once he recovered. Uh, Then another tragedy happens in his life. 2008, 
Uh, he's kind of heading toward the peak of his career. And in 2008, his brother, who was apparently a beloved hairstylist in L.A., who was kind of more known than he was at the time, uh, or at least a little bit before that, his brother was shot. His brother was killed, like shot in the head. Some some crazy stuff. It was never solved. They just closed it as a, as a homicide case. Never found who actually did it. And so it's something he's just kind of had to live with. And that's extremely unfortunate. He seems like he was really close with his brother and cared about him a lot. So... He kind of goes through that period in his life and he's not sure what he wants to do and he's just kind of mourning and he, I think he moves with his wife and family and they just kind of get away from everything. You know, a lot of people would probably react pretty similarly, especially if you don't get the closure that you might want in that situation. Uh, and then he makes a comeback and the kids are all right, which is like, I, I haven't heard of this movie, but now I kind of want to see it. He's basically a sperm donor to a lesbian couple. And then he meets all of the kids and I don't know, it, it just looks like it's probably like kind of a fun, but maybe touching movie. I don't, you know, right up his alley for sure. Uh, but yeah, so he makes that comeback. And then here we are today with him as the Incredible Hulk and he's in the Avengers, which was like a billion dollar movie and Thor Ragnarok and a few others. And he's probably going to play a pretty big role in Infinity Wars from what I've read. And uh, yeah, it's just crazy to see that dude's journey once you pull up a little dirt on him where you think you're going to pull up some dirt and then you just find out all these crazy things he went through and had to overcome to get to where he's at and like i said he seems like a great guy he's an activist for all kinds of very important uh causes out there and i mean i, it, I hate to say that other people don't deserve good health or happy life but this guy really does seem like he deserves all the good things that have come his way despite the the struggles he had to face but yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. It's always cool to hear like a, uh, a touching story like that. And we're going to get back onto the show. Um, What would you say that this movie's like about? Like what if you had to pick like a theme or just a central message or anything like that? I think it's different for every character. But yeah, it's that overcoming of egos. Like when you saw Iron Man, like Iron Man got to be fucking... Iron Man, like, come out and just do all, like, the cool shit. He's a superstar. And it's the first time that I think, like, he's really challenged. Like, he's like, oh, shit. Like, there's some real world, like, actually. Like, yeah, it's not terrorists yeah. or another robot guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for Captain America. I think it's that first time with all of, like, these huge egos coming together. Um, they realize how small they really are. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. And yeah. they're like, yo, we, we have to, we can't be arguing. We need yeah. to come together. And so I think what's cool about this is like it's set on a really big stage and you've got really big threats and villains coming in. Um, really big uh, fight scenes and everything like that. But it really humanizes all of the characters. And then I think for Mark Ruffalo, it's almost even something a little bit different. Because for the Hulk, it was the first time that we saw him go from oh shit i can't like control the hulk to i'm gonna decide but i'll be the hulk yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna basically control my uh like when i am the hulk i'm going to be i know what i'm doing like he's yeah. not it's like a blind rage like he knows yeah. who the bad guys are who the good guys are he knows what his intentions are yeah and he can carry them out without just killing random yeah. people so I think, yeah, just all these superheroes, I mean, basically what you want to see is you want to see everybody make a little bit, uh, you know, you want to see everybody's character advance. It's kind of like them maturing. Bit. Like, they have to mature before your eyes in a way. Yeah. Basically. Because even Thor, you know, he's a cocky asshole. Yeah. And even he was like, yo, like, I've seen shit like this before, but 
they're really about to eat up this whole planet while I'm on it and the love of my life is still here. Mm-hmm. Um, they made sure to make that little callback because he was making sure she was protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't catch, I don't remember the, that the first time around, but I saw that. So Natalie Portman just pops up on screen and he's like, okay, my baby's okay. And <laughs> like, they just go forward from there. So they kind of show you like, he still cares about what's going on on earth yeah. to an extent. And then I think that's something that bigger is going to come out later. And I'm hoping to see this in infinity wars, but the, Basically, that the Chitauri invasion was a. I think it was backed by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just Loki's got everything because Loki ends up, I think, giving yeah, it. He a, was sponsoring that mission. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they're shapeshifters. And so basically, you've got all these guys coming out. Like, they didn't get all of them. So basically, you have mm-hmm. people coming, shapeshifting, and then, like, living among the world. And I think, kind of, whenever Thanos, like, comes in Infinity World, uh, then he's just got an army. He's got an army planted and ready. Immediately. Yeah, because, you know, they didn't get everybody. Well, a lot of them dropped, though, because remember when he threw. When he threw that nuke into that fucking mothership they had, sending shit out there, they just kind of dropped dead. Yeah, I wonder how that works. I don't know how, like, the Jatari works and everything like that. Like, I think you... Are you... Uh, you might be confusing the Jatari with, like, the scroll or... Scroll, uh, man, the I might be butchering it. No, I did see Because those are shapeshifters as well that can yeah. be just whatever the fuck they want to be. But I think they're the prelim. I think we're going to see them in Captain Marvel. When I was reading, is like, they're, like, they... Oh, yeah, I think that's like, supposed to be part of, like, the... Okay, yeah, that is part of that that era in comics yeah. okay but i like that because i think there's something and we'll talk about it more from age of ultron but i think there's something from each like avengers movie so far that like that's like planting like, a seed to thanos somewhere they're like, they're like yeah this isn't shit like the, remember don't forget like this whole thing is about thanos infinity stones are infinity spread stones. all throughout there yeah. which uh speaking of infinity stones we'll talk about that real quick uh before watching this i couldn't remember what the fuck the tesseract was or what it does uh but it is uh, the space stone or I mean, it's. I mean, I, I think that's yeah. been straight up said by uh, not Whedon, but the producer. Yeah, they have the space stone and the mind stone in this one. Oh uh, yeah, and the mind stone is what Loki's using. Yeah. Okay, so they got both of those. The mind stone pops up again in Age of Ultron, which we'll talk about its role in that movie when that time comes. But yeah, the Tesseract, the space stone, uh, because it. I, I was before I did the research to confirm. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a space stone because both times we've seen it in Captain America one as well as Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's what it pretty much did in the movie was mm. just open up time to space or open up like a portal to space where you could just basically send mm-hmm. uh, an army from one place to another. Or that's how Loki got from where he was at uh, at the beginning of the movie. He activated it on his end or Thanos did mm-hmm. and boom, he pops up in shield and starts fucking shit up. And then he uses that uh, the mind stone to go ahead and convert boys over to his evil little army or minions. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that that was it's cool to kind of now you can kind of start checking them off the list like which stones you've seen. Uh, so at this point, I think those are the only two. The, it was the tesseract, which would be the space stone, or which probably holds the space stone, I should say. Uh, and then we got the mind stone. I don't think there are any other ones popped up in this film. Yeah, no, three of them because uh, one comes in. There's one we haven't seen. One comes in Thor two. One comes in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then mm-hmm. one comes in uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Okay, so the, yeah, the, the, which is all coming in phase two. So yeah. we're about to see the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that that's just genius how they're putting it all together, how they kind of slowly introduce mm-hmm. them phase one. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like the one of those stones is like you see that's really the whole cause for mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in the invasion and everything. And then it's like, no, there's like way more of these. And so they want to introduce them in almost every film leading up to Age of Ultron. And mm-hmm. then uh, we see where we're at now. Uh, 
Uh, a lot of people are saying that the sixth one, what is it supposed to be? The Soul Stone? Soul Stone. It should be in Wakanda. Yeah, Wakanda. That's what a lot of people are theorizing. There's two. One, like Heimel has it. What's his name? The dude for Thor that... Oh, Heimdall. Heimdall. Oh, uh, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, that's, what, that's what's been theorized. But, I think it is it not just been said. I thought it was in like some graphics well, or maybe that was like some fan in shit. In the second one, he's like, I can see like 10 trillion souls. He doesn't say people. He says souls. But I really like the Wakanda theory. I love... Because it does allow them to reach that uh, the level where they can speak with like yeah. uh, the kings of the past, other Black Panthers, yeah. their ancestors. I thought that too because when I was reading about what the Soul Stone did... And how it kind of unlocked that level of mm-hmm. uh, being with like these eternal beings and stuff. That's what made me think about that. But the Heimdall the, theory really makes sense too. I think Black Panther's called like the King of the Dead too. Mm-hmm. Like they refer to him that sometimes. Yeah. So uh, that, that's a tough one. It's it's really hard to say that uh, that would explain why he would end up in why Thanos is in Wakanda for parts of what we've seen for mm-hmm. uh, Infinity Wars. But I guess we'll just have to find out. Um, so another, let's see, we did favorite scenes. Oh, so who's the MVP of this movie? Who just crushed it the most? Mark Ruffalo. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. Oh, actually I'm not, because I wish we disagreed. But yeah, he he had to be that guy in this movie. He didn't have a solo one. He's totally getting reintroduced as an actor. He's coming in, and he fucking crushes it as the Hulk. Like, that could have gone any way. Obviously, we saw it go bad with Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, to come in without you knowing, like, too much about him, without them telling you too much of his backstory, I thought he was wonderful. Yeah, for him to just slide in like that and just, it's almost like the equivalent to, um, like, a guy guy gets hurt, and then so you're on the bench, you're like, hey, next up, and you just come in, you drop, like, 30 points. Yeah. It's like, he just came in, I was like, fuck it, like, I've been waiting for this moment, I'm good. Um, the dude is just honestly a really well-rounded, talented actor, and so it's not a surprise that he did so well. It's just the fact that it, when it's something that should have felt really rushed and just kind of thrown together, it didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's not just him that deserves praise, but directors, producers, writers, everybody involved mm-hmm. in making sure that he gets incorporated into this uh, so well. And yeah, as the Hulk, like that whole last, what, 30, 20 minutes, well, maybe even more. It was almost like the halfway point when he turns because they're they're up in the air when he turns into the Hulk. Uh, man, like once the Hulk is revealed, mm-hmm. like on that ship, and then again... When uh, he's beating the shit out of aliens, like it was, that was so fun. Like that was where the crowd, when I was seeing it in theaters, was really into it. Every time the Hulk was on screen, yeah. smashing shit, uh, jumping from like building to building, jumping like from out of aircrafts onto planes and ripping them apart. Like that shit was so fucking fun watching him go hard. Uh, I didn't get a lot of that out of the Edward Norton one. He had a couple moments where he blew some shit up and was knocking shit over, but it was way more fun to see him fight intergalactic beings. Oh, yeah, no, he was just ruthless and just jumping around. It was cool that they proposed a villain that, like, allowed him to do that, too. Yeah, they knew better. You you can't just have fucking the Vulture or, like, some some corny shit like that from one of these other Marvel villains. Like, you gotta have somebody who's really gonna challenge him and make him have to go all out. Or, like, if it was just Loki... You know, we see what would have happened. Oh, but it would like for yeah. him to have to fight like a bunch of like small to where he's just got to constantly be ripping. Yeah, he's basically he's basically jumping from building to building across the city trying to protect people or yeah. at least just have fun killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely the MVP for me. My sixth man. Uh, not every movie has a sixth man, but this one definitely does. It's got to be Coulson for me. He's like the sixth man, I think, in almost all the movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I just like seeing like his role. He's always. He's always funny, clever. He, loves um, I love he like loves the like he's like the essence of 
the whole this hero comic book genre because mm-hmm. I, I like how they played with his fanhood of, of Captain America and how he had the cars and he just couldn't shut the fuck up about them. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was cool. Like he's like brings that innocence. Like oh, like I love heroes and I want to see you mm-hmm. guys save the world so much that I when I could have been saved, I'd rather just sacrifice myself and die in hopes that mm-hmm. you guys will look at me as some type of martyr and fight in my name. Like mm-hmm. and I guess you know pun intended but avenge my name as well as defend the planet like that was kind of cool like i think that was some good writing it sucked to see him go but he was definitely a character that could go and so it was like a a clever way to just kind of cut him off but still make him leave his mark on the movie and the mcu as a whole so colson gets six man for me yeah i thought it was hawkeye Hawkeye. Yeah, because I remember like everybody coming out and was like, who the fuck is Hawkeye? Like he's a dude with a bow and arrow, fuck this dude. But apparently he was pretty like, tight in the movie though. He's pretty tight. He's yeah. like not even like a superhero. Like that dude's like a sniper, a train killer. Like even when they do, he's just like, Look, I'm gonna go to the tallest spot, highest building, I'm gonna start shooting shit down. He knows how to communicate. Like yeah. I feel like he held that shit. He never had a moment where he like looked like he was like not sure if he wanted to do something either. No. Like uh, when Captain America, they, when he goes and links up, he finds them in the room together mm-hmm. after she's kind of talked him out of his being hit. However, that works. I don't yeah. see how that happened, but yeah. either way, they made that connection and he was kind of back to normal. Uh, it, you know, they, some shit was going down. He needed him. He was like, "Yeah, like whatever. Like yeah. I'm down." <laughs> like he just he didn't even say anything. He was like, "Yeah, let's go." And yeah, he was with the shit. And some of the stuff he did with his bow and arrow and the combat, the hand to hand combat, was really fun to watch. Um, I'm kind of like a Black Widow hater, mm-hmm. and so uh, because some of like I she was it. there beating the shit out of like six foot eight like aliens who would eat like I'm certain like oh, look I get it she's a spy she's like top level top notch spy she's been trained since she was like three years old but it's I just I'm sorry that's one part that's the part of me like that's not that realistic and I know that's stupid to say in a movie like this but it is you know there's like a little like pan around to where it's like they're all standing in a circle together like they're yeah. doing their shit she like pulls out her pistol and like just like what the <laughs> fuck is that gonna do oh that makes me so yeah bad. bitch you're in the wrong okay. movie yeah <laughs> she needs to be on fucking wanted yeah <laughs> like that's that's exactly like, what you got the whole ah doors fucking hammers going crazy They're iron like, man's like like, like yeah. levitate and shit just, like it, yeah just no. give her a bigger gun just <laughs> yeah um the, the, but that's the point like with hawkeye like you know he's a normal human well i mean to an extent yeah. he didn't have superpowers but what he does in the movie given the fact that it's a comic movie feels a little bit more realistic like to where you're like oh that's cool that's kind of superhuman but it's it's a little yeah. bit more believable like this bitch would not be here holding her own against fucking aliens yeah. that are like twice her size i'm sorry it's not realistic it's just like my little nitpick and so you bringing up hawkeye just made me think about that yeah i like because a lot of people complained about like the virus arrow that he had like the arrow that like shot and then like it did little prongs and like undid the computer mm-hmm. fuck you it's a comic book movie yeah, people were complaining that about that. Yeah, they were just like, "Oh, it's like it's like." That's how this shit work. works, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's no, cool. he's got cool arrows. Leave it alone. No, physics are always physics. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, there's yeah. no way the Black Widow is strong enough to yeah. take down these guys without like some kind of powerful weapon. Yeah. But him having fucking like it's take that there's technology and shit involved. It's like spirituality yeah. meet and mythology meets science. Like, come on now, get the fuck over it. Yeah. That's weird. I didn't know that was a complaint, but. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to press your hot button on that. I didn't know it would get you. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most fired up I've been the whole time we've talked about this shit. Uh, but yeah, so that, I mean, oh, one last question before before I wrap this up with this conversation. Um, who would have been, who would have 
like out of these three guys, who would you like to see in this movie? Tom Cruise, Nick Cage, Keanu Reeves, and why and what would they have done? What would their role have been? You could replace somebody, or you can just write them in as their own character. But who would have made the movie better for you? Tom Cruise, Nick Cage, or Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Ooh, <laughs> that's a fucking tough one. That is, man. Because all, all of them could be in it, but they all definitely couldn't either. I feel like Keanu Reeves is like too dark for this one. I feel like he fits. He doesn't like talk a, like enough. Thor, Everybody in like here has like a lot of personality. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cage was Ghost Rider already. He's oh, already that. been a superhero. <laughs> they can't Drake. recycle it. And then Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would fit in this movie, but he's like the easy answer. For Tom me. Cruise, yeah, yeah. But if you have like the Black Widow nitpicky stuff, Tom Cruise is five foot four, and they'll never show him as five foot four. I fucking get it, but like, that man is tiny, and they keep putting him in action movies, and I hate it. Oh my god, uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Nick Cage. I don't know what he does, but I feel like is he just man, like a shield agent? Oh my god, I would love to see Nick or Cage. Is he? The shield agent. <laughs> doing like does a, he come in and like try to like after Agent Coulson gets stabbed at his buddy? He's like, yeah. no! <laughs> like he tries to avenge his death. Yeah, like the whole Avenger. He's like the, the, the fifth of it or whatever Avenger. Like he has a spinoff and shit. <laughs> Oh. He doesn't even pay attention. He thinks he's fucking saving the day. Basically, that's what Black Widow should have been, running around with her goddamn pistol. <laughs> Just fucking not in, like, the main fight. Yeah, it's give her, like, some her. espionage yeah. shit. Like, actually, just they should have left her ass in Russia. Like, yeah. honestly, or wherever the fuck she was. Sure she was doing a great job on that mission, yeah. killing actual humans and getting information. Bitch, we yeah. don't need you in intergalactic warfare. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to sum up the movie... Uh, I agree, Nick, Nick Cage as well, by the way. But uh, <laughs> that, uh, for some reason, I just think he would be goofy as fuck, but it'd be funny. It'd be on some face-off shit, man. Yeah. Be great. That man knows how to go above and beyond. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's all I got for this movie. It was great. It was definitely like uh, one of the highest points in the MCU so far, and that's saying a lot because a lot of the movies are done pretty well. Um, I think, look, they started with, well, they had the Hulk and then Iron Man 1, and then everything was okay. You know, they didn't have any flops in between. And then, boom, the Avengers comes, kicks it up a notch. I think it's one of, like, only 19, 18 movies now to hit the billion-dollar mark worldwide. Yeah, well, Avengers Avengers 1 and 2 put Joss Whedon in the billion-dollar director's club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no surprise there. I mean, I think the, the hype I remember leading up to it was pretty big. Like, people had been following it. It wasn't like they dragged it out to where it took 15 years for it to happen. Mm -hmm. It literally was like four years. And so there was a little bit of the recency there. It wasn't that hard to go back and watch the stuff from 2008 if you had to or whatever the case may be. Yeah. With, like, so they planned it out perfectly. Yeah, technology gaps weren't bad. Um, and you were just like, they did They did such a good job like on that world-building aspect of just keeping you interested and mm -hmm. entertained like, the whole time. Yeah, and they could still throw in like little Easter eggs or callbacks and things like that. And it, it it's like if you're watching like a television series where everything's just interconnected. Yeah. Um, but they're doing that through film. So they're kind of like combining some of those elements that you love from watching like your favorite TV series on HBO or whatever. But they're also putting it on the big screen and having to spread it out because all the epic shit that goes into it and all the writing and production. Uh, but yeah, I think the Avengers, I'm so glad it happened. I think... I like the fact that it's kind of changing the course of how some of these blockbuster films are made when they're trying to also do the world building and focus on more like the, the properties. Mm -hmm. um, I just wish they would be able to do it as good as they've done it. I don't know. I guess they everybody just needs Disney to back them. I'm glad they're making Ready Player One. I don't know if Ready Player One really happens without all this. 
like without the oh. shift like on intellectual property because like I mean people aren't even getting excited about the actor for Ready Player One like I'm fucking excited to see like the Iron Giant like the DeLorean yeah like how are you gonna put shit. all that into a movie yeah. and just have it intertwined and it, fun it really has shifted that way Marvel's done a great job with that really building that up yeah no I, I can't wait for that that's another yeah that's a great example obviously we can't wait for all the other Avengers movies or Marvel Cinematic Universe movies coming out um but th- this starts phase two and phase, and then which will lead into phase three, obviously, which I think are all the best parts of the MCU. They just keep taking it up a notch with Winter Soldier. I think when you see Ant Man, as much as you've hated on, I do think you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, Thor: The Dark World was like the one little little poop stain on there. It was the one little skid mark they heard. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like that's like the lazy um, narrative behind it. Once we see it, we might not feel that way. Um, Iron Man 3, first step, right? Iron Man 3 is next. Iron Man 3, I think, is the very next film. So with that being said, be on the lookout for that episode that will be coming out. Uh, that'll be the next movie we watch and discuss. Yeah, Iron Man 3, and then I think Dark Roads right after that. Uh, Guardians and, Iron, and Ant-Man. I don't know the exact order, but I think those are somewhere in the next before... Uh, Age of Ultron, oh. I think. So yeah, Phase Two is oh, and Winter Soldier is in there somewhere too. Uh, I gotta re, I gotta recheck. I, I'm now I'm just I'm sounding like I don't know what I'm yeah, talking about. We'll give it a Google. Yeah, we'll check it out. But um, bef- before we end this episode, we're gonna make a huge shift over. I don't even have like a good segue for it, but I want to talk about it because we love the show. Uh, we watched Atlanta on Thursday, episode two of season two. I think yeah, this we- one was called Sporting Waves. Sporting Waves. Yeah. Um, another great episode. I will say that it. Like with that, I'm about to like contradict myself completely. As good as the show is, as good as this episode is, this might have been my least favorite or one of my least favorite episodes as far as just being sure. Like I guess maybe just from the comedy aspect of it, it definitely, I think it definitely accomplishes what it wanted to accomplish with like the the story of it or just kind of what this episode was about. But it just wasn't quite as entertaining to me as a lot of other ones. I think it's gonna take some time to get used to Tracy, the dude who was sporting waves. You're not a big fan of him? No, I am. I just think like it's gonna take some uh-huh. time to like get used to him. Because like I feel like I'm gonna go back and like rewatch this episode and like re like it a lot more. He'll grow like, on I, you. Yeah, like at the end but by the end of the season, because I think I they're gonna that. like run with him, they're gonna keep him in there. But it's just like I like the small cast, um, I like how tight they've like really kept everything. But I feel like Tracy's now gonna become like a reoccurring character that we're gonna see more and more and more. And it's just a new element to the show. Yeah, I'd say the the funniest parts of this episode had him in it, which would be him yeah. just walking out with the shoes. That shit was funny as fuck because it's true as fuck. Anybody listening, if you worked in retail, you and you see that scene, like it's it almost seems absurd for somebody who maybe hasn't worked a job like that, but it's literally how shit goes. Like if somebody wanted to do that, there's like a high chance that they could still get away with it and they could walk out right in front of you. But I thought that shit was so funny. And then the other scene where obviously the waves are finally introduced. He wears them all the way up to the yeah. point where he's at the end. Like he's still in the fucking waiting room with the fucking do-rag on, the wave cap. And yeah, he takes that shit off and he got the, the dewey doop waves and shit going looking like a character from Life. Uh, just watched that movie last night, by the way, but I thought it was a funny connection. But yeah, that shit, uh, that shit it, it was funny. Uh, but I think my favorite part of it was how awkward it felt for like half the episode. I think yeah, it was one of those they really wanted you to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, which is fine. Just fuck, I'm uncomfortable. Right? Yeah, that that whole first half of the episode when they're trying to when I don't know what exactly this company would be called. I think it would be like the like a Spotify kind of thing. 
Okay, yeah, because they got like we're making playlists and they're they're trying to put guys out there. And so they they were making reference to what a lot of people have seen to think, and what I can't really disagree with would be like Chance the Rapper, like the guy with the overalls mm-hmm. who was on the YooHoo commercial, mm-hmm. which was fuck. That was also hilarious and really clever because I definitely now like looking back at it, I'm like, how is this not like a subtle shot at Chance? Not maybe not even a shot, just kind of like. I thought it was more like the little Yachty like Sprite commercial too. Well, well, that that's the thing. It it's kind like, of can be applied to just yeah, drinking uh, like yeah, Sprite. <laughs> it can kind of be yeah. just applied to just like the climate and the nature of just where a lot of like where hip hop's at now because it's getting into the mainstream. You're seeing mm-hmm. it on commercials. You're seeing these corny jingles by guys that are simultaneously making albums about like drums. Like, got like a Reese's commercial, like some shit like that. Drum did? Yeah, drums got one. I didn't know that, dude. It's all over the place. That's crazy. And so I think, like, the undertones of that was kind of, like, um, I don't know, like, if you, like, listen to, like, to Pimple Butterfly, it's kind of like that. Like, we're going to take all this talent or this charisma from, like, this young black artist and we're going to flip it into, like, some way we can make some money in, like, a corporate level. And so it did, like, the show didn't get that deep, but at the same time, you can, like, there's a lot of themes and little ideas you can tie it to. And I think that was one. That was what I was taking from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they had like the scene with the dudes dancing on the table and performing and people were just kind of sitting there watching them and observing them. It's really weird. And that shit really happens. Like when you see the video with Bobby Schmurter, he's yeah. going all out in that bitch. Like he's really at a concert trying to sell himself to these people at this record label. And it's just, it's really cringeworthy. And yeah. that's that whole first half of the episode was making me cringe and just feel kind of weird. Paper boys eating the banana. Or the paper boys about to perform. Yeah, guys <laughs> just chomping on the banana. <laughs> yeah. Real nice line. Uh, yeah, she was just weird. Like they gave her a mic in front of like a whole bunch of cubicles, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, the the show does a good job of making shit that is pretty realistic feel surreal. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's kind of how that stuff goes. But they're showing you how stupid it really is, like how, how stupid it can be, and weird. And uh, yeah, but once again, another good episode. We're not gonna ramp on too much about it. It wasn't the best, but uh, just another great installment in what is a show that we love now. So uh, that's pretty much all we got for this episode for you guys. Like I said, the next episode will be over uh, Iron Man 3. We'll probably touch on Atlanta again, if depending on the timing. If not, it'll be on the next one. We're going to be doing that weekly, of course. Uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for Iron Man 3. Try to watch it if you don't remember the movie that well, and then you can kind of listen to the episode and join the discussion with us. But I hope you like the show, guys. We out.